Welcome to the Standard Protocol. I'm your host, Matt Sutter. Welcome to episode number 20. And this is the first episode of the year 2023. So hopefully you all had a good New Year's holiday and uh, made it into 2023 safely. Uh, hopefully all your New Year's resolutions are still intact. Uh, but if not, you know, there's always next year, I suppose. So uh, we appreciate all of the support and love that we've gotten from everybody on SoundCloud, YouTube, and especially Apple Podcasts. Uh, our top city is still New York City. So uh, we appreciate all our listeners out there on the East Coast. Hopefully things are going well as you're rolling into the new year. Uh, but everybody out there that's reached out over the holiday season and, uh, you know, provided emails and correspondence and support, uh, it's greatly appreciated. So we're glad to have that momentum and that steam rolling into the new year here. And hopefully 2023 is going to be a big year for the standard protocol. Uh, so again, thanks for all your support. And uh, let's uh, break out the new year by rolling into topic number one. So our first topic of 2023 is going to be uh, one that I think we can all uh, get behind and we can all understand. Uh, it is company politics and the uh, detrimental effect that politics have on a company or an organization. And, um, you know, I, I stumbled onto this article here over the break uh, from Michael Duke and the New School Group. Uh, so shout out to him for putting, uh, you know, thoughts that I've had for years into words on paper here. And, um, you know, uh, the, the bottom line is I hate politics. Uh, Mr. Duke does as well. That's kind of the the uh, the consensus of the article here. Uh, but here there's five reasons why company politics will destroy your company. And I just wanted to go through these and expound on them a little bit, because I think we all, if you've worked for any organization and I, I've worked for several organizations, every one of them has had issues with internal politics and infighting and things like that. Uh, so if you're in a leadership role, uh, please make note of these things and try to do your best to, uh, you know, circumvent, uh, you know, political issues taking over, you know, your, the internal workings of your, of your company or your organization. But, uh, reason number one, why, uh, politics will destroy your company if you let it, uh, number one, politics is the opposite of performance. Every second an employee puts forth the use of political means to accomplish a task is a second that could have been used for actual performance. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a very, uh, that statement hits home for me because we, most of us know if you've worked on the front lines or if you've been in any organization for any amount of time, there are the people out there that are on the front lines doing the heavy lifting every day, the ones that are working their tails off and their performance should speak for itself. However, in most cases, the ones you see getting rewarded and the ones you see getting promoted in an organization are the ones that play the politics and are politically connected and not necessarily the ones that have done the most heavy lifting and not necessarily the ones that have done the most for the organization as a whole. They're the ones that have played the politics and have done what was best for them at that given point in time, but not necessarily what's best for the entire organization or the entire team. So, um, you know, again, politics is the opposite of performance. And that is a, that's a huge, uh, I mean, that, that, that's spot on. That could not be more true, um, from, you know, the experiences that I've had and what I've seen. Number two, uh, politics is a cancer. 
And, um, you know, politics within an organization is a cancer. It will destroy it from the inside out. New employees join your company and they pay attention to how things work. They want to know who gets promoted and why. There's an unwritten code for every organization as to how people earn praise, get raises, and move ahead. If they learn that the boss has favorites, that some on the team have learned to work for him in order to get favorable assignments and other perks, what message does that send? And, um, you know, rampant politics when rewarded sends a dangerous message. And that is, that's very true as well. The message that it sends is that heavy lifters and hard workers are overlooked for the cosmetic reasons and for the people that talk the big game, but again, haven't, haven't done much with substance. And so that's a very detrimental, uh, message to send to your workforce because, uh, typically the, the ones that will leave are the best employees. The ones that will leave first are the best employees because they are the ones out there doing the hard work and the heavy lifting every day. And so when they see that their work is not being rewarded, but the people that are talking a big game, but not actually doing anything every day, they're kind of the empty suits. Those are the ones that are being rewarded. The, the hardest working people you have will pick up on that soonest and they will often leave the soonest. So please make sure that you're not uh, rewarding the politics that you know because what eventually what you're going to end up with is an entire workforce of mediocrity you're not going to end up with uh you know the the hard the frontline workers that are out there hitting it hard every day because they understand after some time that their work's not being rewarded to the same extent that the people that are talking the big game but not actually out there doing the work and not oftentimes not the most competent in in the work environment so um, again, if you're experiencing uh, an excessive turnover, uh, take a look at that because oftentimes the ones that are doing the most work, they pick up on that and they're the ones that are leaving first. So always pay attention to uh, the frontline people and just their overall consensus on whether or not they're being rewarded. And also the other thing you have to consider is just be cognizant of who your top performers are. And, and those are the ones that deserve the most praise. It's not the ones that, uh, you know, that play the politics and that, you know, that talk the big game, the ones that are out there doing the work are the ones that need the most praise and they need to feel feel valued by the company. And so don't let those, you know, don't let the, uh, the, the used car salesman approach, the people that are just out there that are talking a big game, but not actually uh, doing anything or don't have the performance record to back it up. Don't let them be the ones that you're praising the most. Make sure you're praising the workforce that is out there uh, getting it done every day, because that's, uh, you know, that that's how you maintain a healthy and, and productive workforce is by praising the people that are that are getting things done for the, the team. Uh, the third point here, uh, politics is rampant when leaders are shallow and lacking in self-awareness. That is 100% true based on the experiences that I've had in the, the organization that I most recently left. Uh, we're all humans. Leaders will like some employees better than others. That is natural. Become aware of your, uh, of your biases. Choose choose to be even-handed in all of your dealings with your employees. If you do choose to favor one over the other, at least favor the employee that everyone knows and accepts. So in other words, um, if you are showing favoritism towards an employee, 
that that can be you know accepted that can be natural at times but make sure it's an employee that the frontline people respect and admire don't let it be somebody that again is just talking that big game and is you know really taking credit for other people's work and is not necessarily stepping up to the plate and getting it done themselves make sure that if you're rewarding someone and you're showing a little bit of favoritism and and you know don't try not to show a lot of favoritism but again we're all human and so you know we tend to gravitate towards people that are that are productive and doing well and we you know we tend to put some people on a pedestal based on their performance. But when you do that, make sure it's somebody that is actually performing. Make sure that it's somebody that the team respects when you elevate them to that level. And that's where that will, you know, that will strive other people to work harder and to, you know, achieve bigger things if they see that the person that's working the hardest and the the most well-respected amongst the team is the one that's being rewarded. That will elevate the performance of the team. So again, um, you know, if you're in a leadership role, you've got to be self-aware of how uh, your decisions and your promotions and how that stuff is accepted in the field. And that was one of the biggest downfalls of the organization that I most recently left. The leadership was completely shallow and lacking of self-awareness in how they were handing out promotions, how they established their in-group, and how they went about uh, identifying talent and leadership for, you know, promotions and, and uh, you know, those more... Um, I guess those more sought after assignments in the organization. They were putting people in roles that were, uh, you know, in leadership roles that were not well respected in the field at all. They were the yes men. They were the the ones that have never created a problem and in most cases never solved a problem. They were the ones that just towed the company line, said the right things, but didn't necessarily have the experience to back it up. Those were the ones that were rising to the top and getting promoted the most. And the, the frontline workforce figured that out. And so, you know, right now in that organization, um, although I'm no longer there, I still I'm still in tune to a certain extent into what's going on. And the frontline the frontline folks that are out there doing the 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 brunt of the work and getting it done and representing the organization on a daily basis, they have little to no respect for the upper echelon because of how these promotions happen. The heavy lifters have not succeeded to the extent that the people playing the politics have su succeeded. And that's uh, that's just detrimental to the frontline folks. And ultimately, it's detrimental to the productivity of the agency as a whole. So that's one of those things that if you're in a leadership role, for God's sakes, be a little bit self-aware of how you're going about things. And, you know, again, when, when people don't have the leadership skills they need to be in those positions and they don't have that self-awareness, they tend to make decisions based on their emotions or on politics and and they don't necessarily make the decisions that are uh, right or that are best for the organization as a whole. So that is, a, you know, that's a key sticking point with me just because I've experienced it over the years. And I think to a certain extent, if you've worked for, you know, many organizations, you've experienced it as well. So, um, you know, uh, the fourth point of emphasis here, 
Politics are played when teams lack direction, and that, that again, is is spot on. Uh, when employees don't know what to do or what's expected of them, they're much more likely to play politics. Employees who lack direction may become insecure due to the uncertainty that they feel. They will smile. They will look busy. They will attach themselves to the strongest leader they, they can, seeking some sense of security, but none of that is productive. Make sure that your managers and their teams are clear on expectations. And again, um, you know, it, it goes back to the first point where productivity is, is everything. And when people are spending time playing the politics, they lack direction. They're trying to figure out what's going to help them succeed best rather than just going out and getting the work done. That's when organizations start to fall apart. And um, when you have unclear directives from the top. You have middle management that's not uh, clear on what's expected of them and they're not passing that down to the frontline workers. That's when people start taking these alternate methods to succeed as opposed to just going out and, and achieving the mission of the organization and getting it done every day. So um, having clear-cut directives and having clear-cut expectations from upper management all the way down that is how you, you know, that's how you enable a productive and healthy work environment. When you don't have clear expectations and people are cutting corners and doing what they think they need to do to succeed as opposed to what's actually expected of them, that's where you run into these problems with infighting and political struggles and power struggles within organizations. So don't allow that to happen. If you are in a leadership role, make sure you are clear. If you're, you know, if you're in a middle management role, make sure you're clear on the expectations expectations from the top. Make sure you're passing down clear expectations to your frontline employees and just make sure that everybody is in the loop on what needs to be getting done on a daily basis because ultimately that's what's going to translate to your frontline workers and that's what's going to translate to the um, success in, you know, and the, the best representation of the company that you put forth out there uh, when you're dealing with the customers, when you're dealing with the public, uh, whatever the case may be. So, so uh, make expectations measurable. The, the main reason for promotion and, and reward should be people meeting those measured expectations. And that's how you build performance. And again, if you reward politics, uh, you know, the, the, the good performers are often the ones that are pushed out the soonest. Now, the last point of emphasis here, uh, item number five, Politics exist when leaders are weak. And again, that goes back to, you know, items three and four here, but um, politics exist when leaders are weak. And when the wrong person gets promoted because they were next in line, don't be surprised when they become overwhelmed. When they're overwhelmed, they they go back, they revert back to what they know and they start playing the politics as opposed to actually leading the people and getting things done on a daily basis. And so when those leaders get confronted by their lack of performance or by, uh, you know, things not being not going well because they're in over their heads, when they get confronted with that, these are the same leaders that often deflect blame or blame their subordinates. Uh, and, and oftentimes those subordinates are not in the room to defend themselves. So those are not the types of people that are going to take it on the chin and say, yes, you know, our underperformance here is, uh, you know, it, that that's on me. That's my fault. I need to, I need to get up to speed quicker. I need to figure out what I'm doing when they're in over their head. They often defend 
deflect the blame and they'll often take it out on the frontline employees. And that's never healthy for any work environments. But again, when we promote the wrong people, these are things that we need to expect because ultimately that's what's going to happen. You have people that are in over their head. They don't necessarily measure things based on substance because they've never been the ones out there creating that substance or, or, or getting it done on a daily basis. And so unfortunately they revert back to playing the political capital and, and, you know, they, they're, they're not managing, you know, they, they may be able to manage upward, but they're not able to manage downward. And that's again, detrimental to your frontline employees. And again, uh, whenever they're confronted with that, they deflect that blame, they blame the frontline employees. So you have to stop politics in its tracks and focus on performance results and reward the true performers. Look past that shiny, uh, object in the room and look for the substance that comes with character, hard work, and raw talent. Uh, you know, politics is, it exists in any organization, but the, the best organizations out there are the ones that find ways to minimize it and to not let it affect the overall decision-making of the leadership on a daily basis. And because uh, you know, again, I'll go back to my old organization because we had so many people promoted in a relatively short amount of time that were just completely in over their heads on in every area that they were promoted to oversee. Uh, they went back to playing the politics. We started promoting friends and buddies and yes men and not necessarily the ones that have done the most in their careers and that have been in the most situations that can lead with empathy, can lead with respect for the frontline people. Um, you know, and again, that's the, the, the workforce picks up on that very quickly. They understand when they're being led by someone who has never been in their shoes. They understand when they're being led by people that have never actually had to go out and get it done. They've just cashed in their, their political favors and their political capital to get to where they are. And unfortunately, uh, that, uh, you know, that that's detrimental to, it can be detrimental to an entire generation of your workforce. Uh, if it's allowed to manifest long enough. So if you're in a leadership role, again, make sure you're rewarding the people that are out there doing it every day. Make sure that you're not promoting people based on favoritism, uh, politics. Make sure that you're actually rewarding and promoting the people with the most substance behind them because that is what's going to be respected in your organization. And oftentimes it's going to it's going to be what's, uh, you know, the most successful in the long run because people will get, you know, if you build a leadership tree of people that have been there and done that, they're going to be respected by the people that are actually out there doing that every day. And so, uh, you know, you're, you're going to find that that goes a lot farther with your workforce. As always, we welcome your feedback or your input on that or any experiences that you have that are in line with uh, the consensus of that article. Uh, I forgot to mention it at the top of the show, but the email inbox, standardprotocolpodcast at gmail.com, standardprotocolpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, please hit us up. Let us know your thoughts on that. Uh, and again, uh, tip of the cap to Michael Duke with the New School Group uh, on uh, putting that article out there. It is uh, very well written and it's very much in line with what I've seen over the course of my career. 
And I think uh, based on others that I've talked to, uh, you know, many of you out there are seeing the same stuff. So uh, glad we had an opportunity to get that out there and to discuss that. But again, uh, any feedback you have would be much appreciated. And we'll move on to the next topic for the day. Final topic that I wanted to cover today is transparency in leadership. And this comes from a couple of emails that we've received uh, over the last few weeks um, where uh, actually a couple people have voiced concerns about their uh, upper management or their company as a whole not being very transparent about uh the intentions of the business or the reason the reasoning behind or the why factor of why we're doing something or or what the importance of uh, what we're doing out there every day is. And so, uh, you know, transparency, we all know, is essential to the success of any business. And leaders that aren't transparent with their employees about changes or problems in the company, they create uh, kind of a negative envir- environment that's filled with uncertainty. And it just overall has a negative effect on the culture. And, um, you know, transparency, it very much uh, encompasses honesty and openness and leaders have to be uh, very upfront about the decisions they're making, the challenges that the organization's facing. And when you do that, you give the frontline employees a much better sense of what's at stake and what's going on. And uh, you give them a sense of value in what they're doing in some cases. So uh, that transparency and, and the the leadership just being open about things uh, really goes a long way with your frontline employees. And again, you've heard me say before that if it looks like we're high something, then there must be something to hide. And so there, again, that's how that creates that uncertainty, uh, in the workforce. And, and, you know, it's just not, uh, it's not healthy and productive for the environment, the work environment as a whole. So, you know, it, it also, uh, you know, it also helps you increase your accountability, uh, with people, because if they know that you're always going to stand in front of them and answer for the why, why we're, why we're doing something, why we're making a certain decision, why we're implementing a new policy on something. If you're uh, transparent enough to stand in front of your workforce and explain that and articulate that, that is very well respected by your workforce. They understand that you're not just making arbitrary decisions and also, you know, that you're willing to stand there and take it on the chin and you're willing to give them an opportunity to ask you questions about it or to, um, you know, provide their feedback or their input into some, you know, new change or again, a new policy that's implemented or, or something of that nature. And when you do that, you might be surprised. You might actually learn a thing or two by, uh, you know, from your frontline employees by engaging them like that. But, you know, to create a work environment where there's greater transparency, a lot of times that just starts by with communication and having regular discussions, uh, whether it's during your staff meetings or, uh, you know, if you have uh, quarterly meetings where you bring everybody in and, and discuss these things, just engaging, being engaging in those meetings, you know, don't just stand up there and uh, beat the company drum and explain, you know, here's what we're going to do take the time to engage people, let them ask questions, explain why you're doing it and let them ask questions about uh, the mission as a whole and what the importance of it and, and why we're doing what we're doing. That Again, that why factor is huge. And uh, when you involve those stakeholders and the team members in that you know decision-making process, it gives them a sense of value. And it also includes, uh, you know, it, 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 it relays a sense of fairness to everybody that 
that, uh, you know, we, we don't have management at the top that's just making these decisions arbitrarily. They're actually engaging and they actually care what the frontline workers think about it. So transparency is everything and just being transparent with people, explaining why we're doing something. You know, I've always said that I have no secrets, you know, and in my previous role, whether it was with, uh, you know, the customer, the members of the public, or whether it was with the, the people that I oversaw or, or, you know, even my upper management, I have no secrets. Here's why we're doing what we're doing. Here's the importance of it. Here's the difference it's going to make. And this is what led us to make this decision. And, you know, we've done our research. This isn't a knee jerk reaction. We've done our research and going this direction is going to help the team and the, in the overall organization. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. And so, um, you know, and again, uh, you know, having those open forums where people can provide their input, can provide feedback, uh, you would be surprised if you're open-minded enough as a leader, you would be surprised at how many times that will save you from making a decision that's not necessarily, uh, you know, the most popular with your workforce. If you give them a seat at the table, you treat them as stakeholders, you get their information and you uh, use it in the course of making your decisions, uh, that will lead you down the road of doing the right thing more often than not. Again, that question we always have to be asking of ourselves, are we doing the right thing for the right reasons at the right time? And if you lead by that measuring stick, uh, you're probably going to have a pretty good followership in what you do and your employees are going to be pretty fulfilled. If you're the type that tones it all out and you don't necessarily take that feedback or that consideration into, uh, or, you know, you don't, you don't take those things in, into consideration when you're making decisions, that is where you are going to struggle to earn the respect of your, of your followers. So, uh, by all means, be transparent with people, be upfront, don't sweep things under the rug, don't hide things, always articulate what you're doing. And if you have to over articulate it, you might not be doing the right thing because usually the right thing is pretty easy to explain and it's generally requires the least amount of explaining. And that's what people, uh, that's what they pick up on when, you know, when they see you in that leadership role. If you have to explain things at great lengths, it might, you might be overly complicating things uh, as opposed to just doing the right thing. So keep that in mind while you're out there. Again, thoughts, uh, questions, comments, concerns on that standard protocol podcast at gmail.com. So with that, I wanted to close out episode number 20. Uh, like I said earlier in the program, your support and your followership is everything. Uh, all the clicks, likes, followers that we have on SoundCloud, YouTube, and especially Apple Podcasts, uh, you're all doing uh, big things to keep us moving forward and to keep the show going. So hopefully the year 2023, we can do some big things for you. Hopefully we can troubleshoot your problems and keep you on the right track. But again, anytime you need us, we are here. Standard Protocol Podcast at Gmail. Com. We greatly appreciate you tuning in this week and we will close out episode number 20. Hopefully we catch you on the next one. Stay safe out there and have a great 2023. Take care.